How's your day? Pretty good. Uh, I mean, it was really busy, but I made it through. Or how Madonna says, I made it through the wilderness. (laughs) How's Emmy doing? She's good. She's chilling. She's in her shark outfit because Ben's a jerk and put her in it. (laughs) Um, Okay. Did you know there's new Harry Potter out? Yeah. I knew it was coming, but I just found out it was... It came out Sunday, and I was like, oh, shit, I gotta go pick it up. And I read it. I liked it. I haven't yet, and I feel really upset about it, but, like, <sighs> I wanted to go at midnight, but then, you know, you have a kid and stuff like that, and you can't do stuff like that. But at the same time, I, I feel like, you know, part of J.K. Rowling's love for me died because, you know, she loved me, even though she's never met me. <laughs> okay. So. I guess I should probably do the intro, you know. Okay. Hello world, welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. It's me, your host, John Flores, and today I'm joined. This lady has the distinct honor of being my closest, best, dearest female friend I think I've ever had. She has been, she is, and she will probably always will be the light of my life. She is the sunshine in my darkest hours, Morgan Alonzo. How are you doing today, dear? Doing well, and that title should be put on a plaque for me so I can look at it at all times. Well, I mean it. I mean, very few people have been through my lows and highs as much as you have been and as dedicated as you've been. <laughs> oh, that's really good to hear. And we're also <laughs> we're also former co-workers. We're also former roommates. This is how I know you love me. And I'm, a, I'm ashamed to admit this story, but it's indicative of the love you have for me in your heart and the love I have in my heart for you because you are one of my best friends. One night, as I've been known to do, I got really, really drunk while we were living together. Still conscious, but you know, like not really aware of my surroundings. I, like a bastard, like a fucking bastard first off, I puked on the fridge in our kitchen like a complete asshole and you, my dear, took it upon yourself to clean it up. (laughs) And you've never let me forget it, and you probably should never let me forget it. No. Back up a little bit. The bathroom was only about three feet away, and the toilet maybe four, and you chose the vomit on the fridge, and I cleaned it, and so did Steven Vestola. But still, good story. Steven, uh, who was a guest on, on my last episode, like you mentioned earlier, you recently just had a baby, um, little Emmy, my goddaughter, which I find is the greatest honor I think I've ever had in my life. It's a broad topic, but motherhood. You know what is what has that been like so far? I mean, how first off, how old is Emmy? Emmy will be four months on August the thirteenth. Okay, so motherhood. Is there anything in this short time that's happened that you expected, you didn't expect? What's been your experience so far? Uh, well, I won't be a complete mom and only talk about it. Um, <laughs> things that I didn't expect. Um, people pretty much silently judging you um, about how you're a mom and um, your decisions about, you know, raising your kid. But also the people who aren't afraid to hide their opinions and decide to say anything that they think want or feel for your kid, even though you think it's absolutely ridiculous and absurd. That's been pretty fun. Also, um, no one tells you how bad it is coming home from the hospital and how you're never going to sleep until your child is introduced to formula, um, and formula is a great thing. Um, 
So is breast milk. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's great. There's a lot of laughs, a lot of poop. But, I mean, you feel fulfilled. And um, anytime you get scared and have a panic attack, which I've had probably 1,800 since her birth, um, you're reminded that she's pretty cute and pretty awesome, and it makes everything better. I'm obviously biased, but I really think, honestly, that Amy is now number one in my heart. I think she's the cutest kid I think I've ever seen. Yep, she laughs now. That's a plus. So we used to work together, because that's how I meet all my friends, through that awful grocery store that shall not be named. Uh, (laughs) We didn't really click right away, but once we did click, it was, I would say, hard and fast, giggity. Uh, well, hold on. Hold on. Back up on that, too. I'm going to stop you there. Because we would have clicked, but you, you say this thing where if there's someone new, you think that they're going to quit really soon. So you give it like two weeks to see if they actually stick it out. So yeah. it wasn't really necessarily me, maybe, because, I mean, the awesomeness could have happened within <laughs> the first five minutes of meeting each other. But you decided to wait a little bit, I guess. And <laughs> and as is typical with some types of friendships... We really bonded over our hate for a certain person, like a certain <laughs> ex-girlfriend of a certain person. Uh, yes. Flooding <laughs> <laughs> my mind with her voice currently. Lots of, lots of memories and lots of good laughs, but yes. God, the memories, the times we've had. I, I don't want to get too sentimental, but let's talk about something we both love near and dear to our hearts okay you are on the same level as me at least or maybe even more because yeah i would say you're more dedicated to the series than i am we both have a huge huge love for kingdom hearts oh yes 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 uh, yes, 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 yes one of these days we'll be able to play kingdom hearts 3 hopefully praying to the gods <laughs> never happening it's <laughs> literally never happening like we're gonna get to 2017 and it's gonna be like nope 2018 do you realize they announced this game <laughs> they announced this game in 2013 and we still haven't gotten it yet wait and i mean i think they it was last summer they actually they hadn't even confirmed well actually they had confirmed that Haley joe Osment was going to be back into the series yeah. um but they hadn't even started recording yet and that was summer of last year jesus christ i so we i think we disagree on which game is our favorite i i like two over one you like one over two correct stupid absolutely one over two because if you want to actually have a good storyline and not be rushed then one is great two is just great if you want to get drunk and play a game for an hour and a half oh that's not fair The, (laughs) the only my only complaint against two is the three to four hour intro you have with Roxas. That's the only thing I don't like about mm-hmm. that game. Everything else is fucking brilliant. I mean, it was a cool idea, though, because, I mean, of course, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, about how you learn the connection between, you know, Roxas and Sora later, which yeah, makes and, it cool and, uh, and justified, I guess. And Kyrie and Naminé and all that shit. Right, but yeah, it is very weird after you finish a series that, you know, well, not a series, I guess it was only one game, um, but you finish it, and then finally the second one comes out. You can't wait for it. You wait until midnight, or at least I did, for it to come out at a GameStop. Yeah. And then the first you know minute, there's this character that you've never met before, and you think he's so stupid, and his town is really weird. Like he actually lives in a civilization, whereas Sora lived on an island. So it was just it was very different. But the whole game was very different too. Um, completely different controls too, which was weird. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it boggles my mind. I was 15 when. 
the second one came out because it was the same time. It was around Katrina that I played it. And how old were oh, you? Shit. You were you were what eleven? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I was definitely in middle school. I'm trying to... Was I in 6th or 7th grade? One of the two, I guess. It came out 2005, and you're, for the record, four years younger than me. Yes. I will also say that I got checked out of school for that game coming out, by the way. <laughs> the only time my mom ever let me get checked out of school to go because of something was uh, Spider-Man 3. I was 17, and she was like, you don't have to go to school the next day. <laughs> Which was a huge Worst mistake because that movie, movie was awful. Ever. When I record an episode with Ben, we're going to talk about best <laughs> trilogies, and we're not going to talk about the Spider-Man trilogy because I, I can't do that. It would be an hour and a half of just rage. Oh, oh god, that movie. But anyway, we both love Kingdom Hearts a lot, and also, like we talked at the top, we're both big Harry Potter fans. Yes. Okay, what is your favorite book, and what is your favorite movie? Because I always okay, find these, well, I always find people's response interesting. Well, first off, let me just explain how much of a fan I am. I have a tattoo of Dobby Stock behind my ear. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Um, favorite book. Okay. Kind of have an interesting answer to this because I have two, actually, but uh, different reasons why. Okay. I would first say Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Um, because I remember, because I read them, of course, as a kid and read them again as an adult. I'm actually about to read them for a third time. Um, but that was the first book I remember actually really connecting to the characters and laughing a lot and actually being able to understand it because I was really little when I read them. Um, so that one won't always hold a special place in my heart. But, um, the seventh one was by far my favorite, um, because not only did everything conclude, um, I just remember actually feeling like my friends were, you know, basically the characters in the book on the page, and yeah. it was really sad that some of them died. I would say my favorite book is probably, I mean, obviously Deathly Hallows is the best one because it's the culmination, it's the climax, but the first one I read was Prisoner of Azkaban, and I went back and read the first two. But I have to say, if not named Deathly Hallows, I would probably go Goblet of Fire because I I loved the Triwizard okay. Tournament. I thought it was man, it was so good. Like I was like, I am so fucking invested in these characters right now. Well, I can also say I remember reading the fourth one, and I remember, of course, I would read it with my mom because that was kind of you know our thing. But I remember taking it to my dad's house because there was nothing to do at my dad's house, which that would we're not even going to go down that path. But um, we're not going to talk about <laughs> Shitty Dad Club. No, definitely not. That would be over three hours. But um, basically, I just remember reading Voldemort, um, how she described Voldemort and his eyes and him being very snake-like. And I remember being by myself with only a lamp on downstairs in my dad's house and being absolutely petrified and having to call my mom and wanting to go home um, because I was scared. Um, But yeah, the fourth book is really good. And... So, you know, basically the fourth book was the turning point made everything even more dark. Yes. Okay. Uh, but movie-wise, yeah, my movie favorite wise. movie was... <sighs> I was the third or the fourth one. I think the third one because I really like Alfonso Curion, who's the director. Oh, yeah. He was amazing. Um, Especially if you juxtapose Chris Columbus, who's very sentimental and very, like, warm, with Alfonso mm-hmm. Cuaron, who's very dark and exotic and stuff like that so it was a, yes. it was a radical shift when you think about it yeah it would have been interesting to see him do the fourth one though since that was like kind of the turning point of everything well he didn't do the fourth one well 
Well, yeah, no, I said it would have been interesting, though, if he would have done it. Oh, would have been. I'm sorry. I misheard you, dear. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah, but um, I, I really liked that one. But the fourth one, I mean, plot-wise, I mean, of course, acting, too, was amazing. And then you got to meet Ralph Cienan Inez, or however you say his name. Ray uh, Fines, thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you got to see him with no nose, which was interesting. But yeah, very good movie. I would say, I mean, this is predictable, but Deathly Hollows Part 1 and 2 are, golly, talk about, like, the best. Oh, they're so good. Like, I really, like, I love the fourth movie. Probably that's my second favorite, right, or Prisoner of Azkaban. But I just feel bad that the fourth one had to get so gutted to fit in a reasonable runtime. But I just love that they broke Deathly Hallows up into two. That is as direct as an adaptation as you're ever going to get of a book. And I was just like, it made everything. Like, I was just, oh, I loved every minute of it. Loved every minute of it. I think, though, if you watch the deleted scenes, you know, with the DVD, mm-hmm. every single deleted scene should have been in the movie, which I know they couldn't do. But, um... I am pretty mad that they kind of shafted. Actually, they didn't kind of. They totally shafted Tonks and Lupin's relationship and also the fact that they had a kid who was credited, by the way, on IMDb, Teddy, but he is nowhere to be found in the deleted scenes or in the movie at all. Oh, yeah. And that just grinds my gears. <sighs> I want to talk to you about Cursed Child. I wanted to give you a spoiler alert. That's not really oh, a spoiler shit. alert. It involves Teddy Lupin. I didn't notice it until someone pointed it out to me, so I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you off record. Okay. Okay, so my next question is, one of the big reasons you're a Harry Potter fan, uh, and a Harry Potter movie fan specifically, is because you are pathologically, irredeemably obsessed with one Rupert Grint. Rupert Alexander Lloyd Grint, yes. (laughs) All I can think of, and this is one of the funny stories we have, is I was at a party once with some good friends of ours, and... (laughs) There was a guy, there was a gentleman there, who not only could have been Rupert's stunt double, but probably could have been Rupert's long-lost twin. The dude was a spitting image of this dude. Like, it was shocking how much they looked alike. And when I first saw him, I didn't even say anything to him. I literally went, oh my god, holy shit. And he's like, what? I'm like, uh, nothing. And then I was like, hi, I'm John, all that stuff, making the introductions. And then a little bit, like, not soon after, I went hey, man, can I ask you for a weird favor? He's like, what? I was like, look, I have a friend who's obsessed with Rupert Grant. He goes, oh, yeah, I've gotten that before. I'm like, can I take a picture of you and send it to her? He's like, like, yeah, I don't care as long as my girlfriend's cool with it. And the girlfriend was like, sure, I don't care. I don't think the girlfriend realized it was a girl (laughs) um, that I was sending this picture to because as soon as she found out who you were, she got very, very protective of this dude. Um, So I sent the picture I sent his picture to you, and you called me within 30 seconds and was like, where the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> so that was, oh, that was such a great night. Yeah, he was, he was very attractive. So what very, is it very, about very Rupert? I know you have a thing for gingers, but what else is it about Rupert that you are so in love with? Oh, God. Okay, it is most definitely the ginger, the gingerness also of course the accent but i don't know i mean he's pale he's got blue eyes we would make tasty children together and that would be kind of cool <laughs> but um <laughs> i don't know for a while i thought that if we met we would be you know completely destined to be you know lovers if not best friends at the least once he got you know past the restraining order but 
now I don't really know because I mean I do have a kid so we'd have to get past that but um I don't know uh, I'm glad that Ben knows that he's the uh, consolation prize in your life he knows if we ever met him because you know there's plans to go to London and I mean not that he's in London every day and my dreams he is but um if we met him Ben knows to you know fall back go to the side and <laughs> pretend that he doesn't exist <laughs> I'll just hold the baby while you go chase your lover. Oh yeah, and he doesn't have a hall pass, so Damn. sorry, it's not a you know, <laughs> it's not a both ways thing. So, um, that's crazy. Yeah, I I find that adorable. The other on the flip side, one thing that I, <laughs> one thing I'll never understand. I think I understand, but I doubt I'll ever fully understand. Um, while you have this extreme love. For Rupert, on the flip side, you have an undying hate, undying, passionate hate for Emily Blunt, which I'll, yes. I don't think I'll ever really truly understand. The fact that this is a podcast makes it difficult for A, for people to see my face whenever you said her name first off, because it's like saying Voldemort. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Literally, her acting, I think, is, is just beyond pathetic and it probably really isn't that bad I probably do over exaggerate it because I can't stand her but the faces that she makes are so painful to me literally yeah. it's it's horrible if I watch any movie that she's in for the record the that she makes for the record she's bad. been in uh, The Devil Wears Prada Five Year Engagement I think uh, Edge of Tomorrow what else has she been in she was in that new Winter's War oh was it uh, the Huntsman. Uh, what else is she doing? Yeah. She's been, oh, what she was in Sicario. With like an S. Yeah, that, that's it. That's it. That's the I one love that everybody's that like, that oh man, she can amazing. act. She has acting skills. But yeah, she's in some Tom Cruise movie too, I think. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. But I oh, really yeah, think the basis of it is because you're so in love with John Krasinski. Not Rupert level in love, but so in love with John Krasinski from The Office. Well, we did break up after he decided to marry that troll. <laughs> and gave um, her two babies. <laughs> She hasn't, I don't think she's had the second one yet. Yeah, that was also a thing that I had a problem with. We were pregnant at the same time, and I didn't know how I felt about that. <laughs> uh, this poor woman has done nothing to you and has earned your scorn. Oh, and if I met her, I would tell her, too. Straight up. Straight up would tell have, her that I did not like her. I have zero doubt in my mind. Oh, God. It's, it's, it's just, she literally looks like she's constantly pooping. Like, just forever. <laughs> And people find her attractive, and She's there's some ugly. people out there that beat it to her, and I just don't understand. <laughs> oh, man. And John Krasinski beats it to her, obviously, and puts it in her, but I mean... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You see, I've known you for years, and that's still, that shit still makes me laugh. Um, uh, you're also a big Kate Winslet fan. Yes. How long have you been a Kate Winslet fan? What was your first... Oh, man. Um, definitely, uh, probably ever since I was in, like, fourth grade. I was, like, nine. Yeah, nine, I'd say. Uh, of course, I saw her in the Titanic first, but I don't really know what it is that just got me into her, but I just, I felt that her acting was very realistic. I She's actually believed talented. everything that came out of her. Yeah. That, and then, I mean, her off-camera, her talking either about her kids or about 
just herself in general and the way she holds herself has always been very true to herself but at the same time very poised and I really like um, how she always talks about the fact that she has had to struggle either due to her being quote-unquote big or big boned yeah thicker, um, in yeah. the Titanic Relative, and also, Hollywood speaking yeah relatively speaking yeah thicker yeah and then also about how you know she basically said you could literally be nothing and then be something if you just work for it and don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it because she's done it and I always like that because I think you should be an actor because you like acting and not for dollar signs at the end of each job. One thing that I always admired about you was your strong independent side and is it fair to call you a feminist? Yeah yeah fair. Yes what do you think about modern feminism now? Like, I mean, you just had a daughter. What do you, what do you, what do, what do you see the scene as, for lack of a better word? What do you, what, what do you hope it becomes for Emmy and all that stuff? Where do you see our progression going as a, as a culture, as a country, as far as feminism is concerned? If you had to say. Oh man, I think people need to understand the root of the word feminism, and also need to know that if you're a guy, you can also be a feminist. Yes, um, I consider myself yeah. a feminist. Yeah, it's not just women rule, women power. I mean, it's it's, it's just wanting equal equal opportunity, which I think everyone's entitled to. Um, but as far as Emmy goes, uh, not really necessarily connected to feminism, but just character. I just want her to know that she absolutely can be firm in her decisions and in her wants, and she's not considered a bitch if she says no to something, and she's, you know not considered, I guess, you know, what is it? It's always bitch and butch is what people always use, depending on, you know, how you are as a woman. You're just supposed to be in the kitchen and looking nice all the time. You don't have to look nice all the time. You can definitely be in sweatpants and still, you know, write the best paper that you've ever written in your whole entire life or, you know, come up with a really cool thing that we need in the world. But um, I don't know. I definitely do want her to be independent, and I think all women should be independent because, man, we could rule the world. <laughs> well, some would argue y'all do rule the world. Uh, one Beyonce who has a song that says, Who runs the world? <laughs> Girls. Who runs the world? Girls. <laughs> definitely. And very, 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 very true song. Very good pop up song. Okay. But yeah, I mean, uh, of course we need guys too, but. How do you feel about. Not that I'm saying you're a Hillary fan, but, I mean, she's the first female to ever receive a major party candidacy. How do you feel about that accomplishment? Do you think it has changed things? Do you think it's wasted on Hillary? How do you feel about Hillary? And I wouldn't say wasted. I mean, she is an educated person, and, I mean, oh, that could stem off into so many things, but, um, I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of things that's come out about her, a lot of things that's come out about Every single candidate, that's how you try to win, Uh, you know, being a president, um, stabbing someone in their back, essentially, or in their face. I don't know. I mean, I think she's a very intelligent person. Um, I think she holds herself well. Um, I do think she's also said some very stupid things. But um, I don't think that she's been the worst candidate for, you know, for women. But I also do not think that just because I'm a woman that I have to vote for her. Absolutely not. And I think that that stigma needs to go away because, <laughs> yeah, women do support women, but at the same time, I have a brain and I'm allowed to use whether or not I want to vote for her or not. And I'm not saying, you know, that I am going to vote for her or not vote for her, but I don't think that just because I happen to 
have a vagina that I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton. I think that's a bit absurd. You're probably going to vote for her because she's better than the alternative, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think God, Trump is baffling. I mean, of course, I love lots Bernie Sanders, but I mean, honestly, I don't really know. <laughs> probably get hated for this, but um, I probably could have totally voted for Obama for another four years. <laughs> FDR fucked it up for everybody. He ran for, he was elected three times and he ran for a fourth and everyone was like, no mas. Damn it, if only Obama could have four more years, right? <laughs> yeah, so. Um, but no, I mean, I do think she's a strong woman and, uh, you know, at least she does show that, you know, being strong and intelligent, I mean, she's gotten very far in um, a race where, you know, people did not think that a woman could ever be. So, props to her. Switching gears here. We have a, well, we have one of your actual heroes coming to the big screen uh, this weekend, Harley Quinn. How excited are you about Suicide Squad? I'm very excited, but I'm very anxious at the same time that it's not going to do well. Oh, I think it's going to. Oh, gonna, man. I think it's going to do a billion dollars. I think it's going to be a huge hit. No, I think, I think monetarily wise it's going to do great. But, um, I mean, I heard that they had to, you know, retouch certain scenes a whole bunch due to, you know, how DC's wanting to make everything be like one world and all this kind of crap. Yeah. And to me, it's like, I wish every piece could kind of just stand alone. Mm-hmm. I get what Marvel's trying to do and it's great and it's working for them. But yeah. if DC hadn't, you know, they didn't start that a while ago. So they're trying to do it now. It's just so forced. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree. But... But Harley, I mean, Margot Robbie, I think, is, oh, God. I, I feel so stupid, like, never thinking that she would be a great Harley Quinn, because yeah. I've always been thinking, who would be a good Harley Quinn? But once they picked her, yes. Hands down, totally have faith in her. And, I mean, I'm going to freak out and scream like a little girl when she comes on the screen, because I love her. Every little, every little thing I've seen of Margot Robbie is, as Harley, I've been like, holy shit, she's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. So why, if I can delve a little deeper, why do you love Harley Quinn so much? Um, I really like, she <laughs> is in love with a crazy person, uh, and I always love the Joker. I always go for the dark, darker people, you know, dark yeah. side. Um, but um, I also like that she's, she's independent, though, at the same time, because she can, you know, if you know more about her backstory, I mean, she was alone, depending on what, of course, um, I guess. Yeah, what continuity, what from. version, yeah. So, I mean, she, she hasn't been independent um, by herself. She's gone through a lot of trauma as well. And I always like that, you know, she's kind of mad and, and twisted and um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> she gets what she wants um, and she does it for some sick kind of love too, which I just thought was really cool and kind of crazy and i mean shit she's a gymnast that's cool <laughs> is there anything you else want to talk about because i'm out of topics we kind of breezed through everything uh, i don't know i'm trying to think i mean you could <laughs> i don't know you could talk about your fear of snakes okay i'll talk about my fear of snakes and you can possibly <laughs> talk about your fear of sharks uh, i already had a shark just pop into my head and it terrified me <laughs> So the reason I am terrified of snakes, I get this question a lot. I don't, I've never been diagnosed with the fear of snakes by any like professional, but I can tell you right now, I am deathly afraid of snakes because, so it started when I was a small child. Growing up in New Orleans, 
one of our regular field trips, we'd go to the Ottoman Zoo, which is a good zoo. I like the zoo, but there's a particular part of the zoo called the Reptile House. In the Reptile House, if anyone who's been there, they'll confirm this, but anyone who hasn't, I will tell you the darkness and evilness of that place. First off, it's almost pitch black. The only thing lighting the place are the the lights inside the cage. So I'm getting I'm getting anxious just describing it. So in this in this hellhole, there are several deadly looking snakes, evil looking snakes, straight from hell. They they are in the cages and since they're in these little cages with behind glass and since it's so dark in there you can't really see the glass or i never felt like i could see the glass as a small child and because of that it looked like the snakes were just like in a little hole they didn't look like there was anything separating me from the snake so that started to terrify the shit out of me and i've been traumatized ever since and I've been deathly afraid of them ever since I was a small child because they're evil little demons that need to go straight back to hell. <laughs> Wait, then how were you in, like, the first and second Harry Potter, like, with the basilisk? Okay. And- all right. And I've seen snakes on a plane. I've seen anaconda. I've seen all these films with snakes. Okay, here's, here's the thing. I can tell when a snake looks fake. Does that make any sense? Like, it doesn't bother yeah. me if the snake looks fake. I'm talking about realistic or actual snakes in a film that's what gets me going. The what scene, about on the first Harry Potter, though? The it, first Harry Potter? It didn't bother me because I could tell it It didn't seem real. Like, like I'll tell you in Raiders of the Lost Ark, when Indy goes into that pit of snakes, I okay. hate that scene. I really despise watching it because it gives me... It's, oh, it's just... Oh, my God, dude. It scares the shit out of me. I can't handle it. But even now, just talking about it, I feel my skin start to crawl... I feel like I need to like hold myself because I feel like I'm I'm having a panic attack just thinking about snakes. I am deathly, deathly afraid of snakes. I like I'm not even talking about just venomous snakes or big snakes. I'm talking about any snake. If you find a gardener snake and bring it around me, I will run and scream like a 13 year old little girl. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, you're afraid of sharks, right? Just just great whites. Just great. Yeah, no, I'm I'm okay with any other kind of shark. Was it's it, just a great white. Was it Jaws? Was it like... I don't know, because my mom swears to me that whenever I was little, that there was this book, and it was a shark book, and I was looking at all the sharks, and I loved it. I don't know what happened, but something happened, and scared the crap out of me, because in fifth grade, we had to have do a project on sharks, and I picked a shark that like was a vegetarian. <laughs> and... I can't even, my fear of sharks is so bad that, like, on my phone, you know how people are, like, bastards and post, like, stupid shark pictures for Shark Week on Facebook? I can't scroll through and touch them. Like, I can't even touch a picture of them in a book, on a phone, anything. It freaks me out. I'll confirm this because one time I fucked with you and sent you, like, I don't know if people are familiar with this this old Hanna-Barbera cartoon called Jabberjaw. It involves, like, a cartoon shark who's a great white, and I sent it to you, and you freaked out. And in my opinion, Jabberjaw is the silliest-looking thing on the planet, so I didn't understand why you would get freaked out. But you got freaked out. I, yesterday, I even I went to Baby's R.S. to get something for Emmy, and I literally, I'm not even kidding, by the backpack section because I was trying to find my way to the, basically I was trying to find my way to something, and I looked down at my leg, and the backpack had fallen on the floor, and it was a realistic image of a great white shark as a backpack. <laughs> I remember when we went to go see uh, Interstellar. Oh, God. 
<laughs> yeah, you know exactly what I'm about to talk about. There was a tr- there was a trailer for The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and it was it, in 3D though. Hold on, we saw it in 3D, so this does make it more terrifying. So the trailer was in 3D, and I remember there's a there's a part of the trailer. Well, there's a part of the movie, but also part of the trailer where he falls in the water to get on a boat, and there's a giant fucking shark. Oh god! And you grab. We were sitting next to each other in the theater, and you grabbed my hand and squeezed the shit out of my wrist. And I was like, ah, fuck! And you were like, ah, ah, ah. So <laughs> I screamed. I straight up screamed in that movie theater, and I didn't care. Oh, man, that, uh-uh. was, that was... I was like, they probably shouldn't have done that, but whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, like, literally ever since now, if I go see a 3D movie, I will, like, have to make sure that if we go near any type of water scenes or anything, I don't wear my glasses, and I don't look at the screen. I don't play that game anymore. <laughs> oh man damn this episode god i feel like we've talked about a lot but we haven't really talked much not complaining just saying well do you want to move on to the the questionnaire yeah at the end of every episode i do did you ever watch inside the actor studio yes i love it what was your do you remember, what was your favorite episode do you remember uh, I really like the one with Conan O'Brien. Oh wow, that's a that's a newer one. My favorite is probably the one with uh, Robin Williams. Oh, Conan O'Brien's an old one. Is it? I thought it was a. Uh... Yes. Oh okay. Well, at the end of every episode, I do the que- you know the questionnaire James Lipton does at the end, the Pivo questionnaire. You remember that? Yes. Okay, so um, that's how I end every episode, and I'd love to do it with you if you'd like. Yes. Do you do it in James Lipton's voice? I can't do a James Lipton impression. Okay, you ready? Yes. First question right off the bat. What is your favorite word? Huh. Um, pensive. Pensive? Pensive. P-E-N-S-I-V-E. It's a good word. It's a good word. Uh, I've already given You'll have to listen to the old episodes to get mine because I've forgotten them all. Okay, so the second question is a little fun fact about you. You have a set of words that you hate. Jesus what is Christ. your least favorite word? And there's there's plenty to pick from. Oh my god, I have to say it? You don't have to, but you have to pick one. Oh my god, I have two that I can't pick with worse. Okay, what are oh they? Oh my god. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> P-U-S-S-Y. Pussy. <laughs> and uh, don't you dare say this one because I'll straight up throw up. Don't you do it. You promise? J-U-G-L-A-R. Oh yeah. Okay, that's you have disgusting. a you have a thing with. That's the funny thing about you. You you want to be a nurse one day, but you can't stand like the inner workings of the human body as far as V E I N S are concerned. Yes. Yeah. Straight up blackout. You can't Arms even stand the sight. Of, you can't even stand the sight of blood, and you want to be a nurse. That's so funny. Yep. Have to get over it. <laughs> Gotta face fears. Uh, all right. Let me get back to the questions. Okay. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, emotionally, physically, sexually? What 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 gets you going? Uh, creatively. Or it, it could be either one. What's your biggest turn on? Um, my biggest turn on is probably somebody, probably somebody who seems very uncertain about themselves that actually has a lot of confidence. Hmm. Creativity, I would say, the warmth that you get from certain colors or certain music. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get that. So you would say it, it, as a person, it would be like 
bravery or humility or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say humility. Um, well, I don't really know. It's a certain air of confidence, but not overconfidence. Uh, self-awareness. Yeah, self-awareness is good. Okay. All right, yeah. well, on the flip side, what turns you off? Oh, my God. Oh, man. <sighs> turns me off. <laughs> People not asking for permission for anything. Very so big turn off. So you would say people who are just takers? People who are takers, people who uh, get in your space, people who don't respect your vibe, and people who just, uh, or manipulation. I really I really don't like uh, manipulative people. I don't stand for that in the slightest. Yeah, I, I, totally, I totally agree. Yeah, disingenuous people drive me crazy too. I can't stand that. Mm-hmm. All right, here's my favorite question. What's your favorite curse word? Man, I guess it would be fuck. Fuck. Fucker, motherfucker. Wait, I thought you were a big C-word fan. Cunt. Is cunt technically a curse word? Yes, it's definitely a curse word. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. Then I'll, then I'll definitely go with cunt then. Because cunt, cunt I, I, I don't understand why people think it's disgusting. To me, literally, you can make it be powerful. Yes. For a woman, whenever you call someone a cunt, but you could also make it be like, no, you're a cunt, like you're, in, you're just gross. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I like uh, cunt. <laughs> uh, well, my mother trained me never to say that word, so I can't, I can't say it. It's, it's just, <laughs> uh, she hates that word, so she drilled it in both me and my brother's brains. That's not a word we're allowed to say. So, okay, what sound or noise do you love? Oh man. That's a tough one. I really like the sound of a cello. You uh, you you played violin or viola? I can't remember. I played violin. Okay, but yeah, cello. You're part of a family of cello players now, huh? Yes, yes. I love, I love it. Okay, that's really good. I like uh, cellos get down. I, I I'm I lean more towards a violin, but yeah, cellos get down as well too. More vibrations from a cello, though. You feel it more. I, I don't know anything about that. I'm the most musically illiterate person you'll ever meet. <laughs> okay, what sound or noise do you hate? I really... Oh, man, that's not really a noise. It's kind of a feeling. Uh, oh, I really don't like when... So, oh, my God, I'm imagining it right now, and it's making my legs hurt. Whenever somebody scratches their fork on their dinner plate. Ooh. That's a good one. That's disgusting. My my steadfast answer is styrofoam, screeching styrofoam. That oh, that's the worst, dude. I hate that <laughs> fucking sound. You don't have to tell us what you currently do specifically, but what do you currently do? Um, I make appointments at the orthopedic clinic. Okay. So, um, the next question is, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Gosh, I know you want to be a nurse, but anything other than that. I mean, of course, my dream would be anything in the film industry. Like, my dream, dream, dream would probably be, besides acting, screenwriting or set design. Set design, actually, mainly. I really, really like set design and anything to do with cinematography. You know me. I, you're actually one of the few people that I allow openly to read my work because I, I dabble in writing and screenwriting and just regular prose writing. You're one of the few people that I trust implicitly with my writing because you give good feedback. And I would say you lean towards more of the optimistic side of being very supportive 
but you're not without your constructive criticism. So that's why I let you, I, I, I am completely open with my work with you. Yep, I love reading it. You're actually the only person who's ever bought a script from me for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I have it. I have it in my closet. Okay, so what profession would you not like to do? Hmm. I would not want to work with the elderly. Oh. <laughs> huh. That's interesting. And it isn't because the elderly are horrible, because I, I love me some old people, but um, I imagine every old person as my great-grandfather. And it was hard to think about working with old people as a nurse before he passed away. It's even harder now that he has passed away because I know that everybody has a granddaddy for themselves and I can't imagine having to be there for that patient and then having to be there for their family afterwards and not just, I I can't do it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I completely understand. Okay, last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, everybody's good up here, and you can see them all again. So you'd want to see all your loved ones. Mm-hmm. Well, that, and of course, I'd want to see Frank Sinatra and Freddie Mercury. That's that's also on there. But uh, can we talk about it for a second? <laughs> I hate to get back to politics, especially Trump. But can we talk about the the irony of him playing "We Are the Champions," a song written and sung by one Freddie Mercury, a gay immigrant to the UK, and Trump used that song when that's probably the exact opposite of what Trump stands for. Can you believe that shit? Uh, I can believe it because he's a complete and utter idiot, but the sad thing is is I don't think he picked it. Probably not. (laughs) Someone else did. He probably doesn't even know who Freddie Mercury is. What a fucking twat. He's probably never washed his balls either, so... (laughs) And and on that note, uh, it's been a great episode. Um, All right. Uh, so what, you have this on iTunes? Yeah, I have it on iTunes and SoundCloud. Yeah, so this went well. Thank you for yeah. doing this. You're the first female I've had on this on the podcast. How does it feel? It feels pretty good, but it feels pretty right, too. <laughs> all right, I love you. I'll uh, kiss Emmy for me. I guess I'll just talk to you later then, all right? All right, bye. Bye. Thank you.